0: of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
2: Hello and welcome to another installment of Andy's Philosophy Corner on the Steel Plaza podcast. I am your Chief Philosophical Officer, Andy. This time, we will be discussing the apparent takeover of new media as a substitute for big traditional media and as always i'm wearing the traditional greek toga as as the podcast is being recorded just to get in the spirit of things special guest joining me this time to discuss new media taking over is ray ann hello ray ann
0: hi it's good to be here with you andy
2: Yes. Uh, thank you. It's so great to have you. And you've uh, been a listener of the podcast for some time now. And it's, it's really a pleasure when um, there is more interaction with uh, some of the listeners, because it's meant to be a discussion, not a dissertation. So thank you.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. Glad to be here.
2: Fantastic. You have Odyssey, you have BitChute, you have many, many, many new platforms out there, listeners, where you can get news and information and entertainment. That's really the subject for the podcast this time around. I think one of the best ways to begin the discussion is to start from my own perspective and Rayanne from yours What information gathering was like when we were much younger? I am uh, many years older than you are. However, I can share what my experience was, and and then I'd uh, be uh, interested in hearing about yours. But when I was a child, there was TV. It was color TV. There were three VHF stations and... Depending on the weather and other conditions, you could get one, maybe two, maybe even three other stations. There was no such thing as video recording. This was pre-VCR, pre-DVD. When it came to newspapers, you had usually several local papers and uh, large papers from other cities from where you could get your information. And there really wasn't much else uh, outside of periodicals such as magazines. And so things were very, very limited just back when I grew up in the 70s and in the 80s. Rayanne, how would you uh, describe or characterize information that was available to you when, when you were younger?
0: We had probably four channels the main basis of everything was four channels, and maybe we got maybe two or three extra, and that was all we had to watch besides the periodicals, as you said, like the newspapers, the magazines. And my mother was a, she was an avid buyer of magazines. My dad was an avid buyer of papers. So that's basically all we had. Now. I grew up having VHS when I was about 10. So hmm. that and to record on those was an absolute nightmare. You know, that was interesting at that point when it started.
2: When it was brand new, it was it was very challenging.
0: But that's that was how we shared what we liked and our information that we had on those tapes. We shared it with each other, but we had to use two VCRs, record it from one oh. to the other, and then we can give it to our friends so they can watch what we thought was great.
2: Right. That was that was exciting when the new technology came yes. out. I actually recorded that program, or uh, as we got a little bit better with uh, changing the time on our VCRs to stop flashing 12 o'clock, <laughs> once we <laughs> mastered that, it was very exciting Similar, uh, maybe in some ways, to recording music from the radio, which many of us made mixtapes just listening to the radio, hitting the record button when uh, uh, our new favorite song came up. Regarding information, we, of course, also had libraries, and you could access different reference books and dictionaries and encyclopedias, and newspapers from other cities or past uh, issues of newspapers stored on microfiche. But compared to what we have today, looking back, it seems like the Stone Age almost.
0: It was so minimalized. It, I didn't realize how limited my information was until I grew up and saw this huge explosion of information that I could actually seek out and read, you know, and watch, which was completely different than how I grew up.
2: Yes, and that's, I think, part of the great aspect of the Internet and the information age is the mind-blowing amount of information that is being sent around it's it's a new age for for humankind just as the industrial age was a revolution and the information age is now a new type of revolution and we're many of us are still uh, stuck on 20th century sources of information as i would like to put it and so i think we're all seeking to find our footing in this information age and this podcasts, new media taking over, I think is very true in a lot of sense. When you look at the ratings for networks and the circulations of uh, newspapers, I think a lot of news, quote unquote, news organizations are fighting for relevance. I have a friend who's a contributor, has been for years, with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. What they found is People don't need them as much as they used to. I hate to put it that way, but technology has displaced most industries, including information, um, forced players to make changes. So, versus the sources that you you watch when when you were younger, um, have uh, uh, how has that changed over time? Has are there particular Sources or individuals, uh, newscasters specifically, that you find are, are just as credible? Have any fallen from grace in your eyes? Because they're fighting for your competition. They want your attention.
0: As a person that's listened to the same newscasters, I mean, obviously they've changed over time, but it seems like the message has been pretty much the same in terms of what I began watching as a child to... Now I haven't seen much of a difference there, but the difference I have seen there seems to be some things that newscasters say that I don't know if they're coming from that particular person or not. I question. I start. I've been questioning more whether that's because I want to understand, I want to know more. I don't understand their meaning behind it. But I want to divulge deeper into what I'm hearing. So the things that I took as truth as a young child is not what I'm seeing now. I look at what they say and I question it. And I want to find every resource possible to develop my own sense of what I think is truth. You know, what I think is believable Mm -hmm to me in what develops my own truths, So that's the change that I seem to have made throughout this information change, the age of information kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely questioning an, an official story, I think, is important if you consider uh, in the 2000s, the Kevin Costner movie about JFK. There was an official story, and he said... I got questions. (laughs) (laughs) Something as simple as that. And something I mentioned just a few minutes ago uh, before we started the podcast was just this morning, I was watching some old George Carlin stand up routines and something the uh, reactor, because that's a big deal. YouTube reaction videos. He for one thing, pointed out that George Carlin isn't being a comedian as much as he's bringing up uncomfortable truths. Um, One of the main subjects was, or, or left me with the impression, why are so many more people just trusting of everything the government tells them now? It didn't used to be that way. People used to be allowed to question. In fact, the media used to be in charge of questioning the government. They have a special purpose and privilege in in the United States. So George Carlin invariably would get a lot of reaction from his audiences. You know, are we really supposed to trust the same people who had one story for JFK's assassination? But lots of people have lots of questions, and...
0: I think you made the comment, too, why aren't we so cynical anymore? Why aren't we cynical anymore?
2: Yes. Yes. Uh, pointing out contradictions in our our, our our lines of thought was something George Carlin mentioned. Specifically, one thing was how people will say and, and agree, we need more prisons. We need more prisons, which is debatable, but... His point there was something called... It's an an acronym called NIMBY. Not in my backyard. Oh. You know, uh, we need more drug rehabilitation centers. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But not in my backyard. But just to be cynical of our government, and he mentions... uh, He starts off by saying, isn't it time we start bombing some third world country again? Because it seems... uh, He's... I like to think he's not more cynical than I am, but I think I think you can't be. I think you can be very, very cynical and not disparage everything. Because George Carlin did get very, very dark toward the end of his life, uh, you know, saying he was just eager to watch the world burn and people suffer and die. He he, he really got that's at, very
0: dark. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's like uh, lighten up, fella. His, uh, George Carlin worked in the Air Force, if I'm not mistaken. He was part of the, uh, ground crew or in the, uh, flight tower for keeping the B-52s, uh, up and running and, uh, the, uh, taking off and landing on time sort of thing. So, from this, I, I'd like to bring up, um, a couple, uh, ideas and books that I'd referenced previously on the show, and we had touched on very briefly earlier. One was futurist George Gilder, who is still alive and kicking as far as I know. Uh, Very quickly, if if you've heard me talk about this before, uh, I apologize, but I think it's, it's important. In 1980, George Gilder wrote a book called Life After Television. Now, many would say he wrote this book at the peak of television. So it's a very attention-getting title, and so I'm sure many didn't take him seriously at the time. But in that book, Life After Television, in which he essentially foresaw the internet and the information age, George Gilder predicted the smartphones that we carry with us today. This was over 40 years ago. He said, you will have a device you carry with you It'll be your phone. It'll be how you get your mail. It's where you keep your pictures. It's where you'll manage your money. It's going to be your wallet. It's going to be your timepiece. And he was absolutely right forty years ago. So fast forward uh, to nineteen, or excuse me, to uh, twenty nineteen. I think was the just two years ago he came out with the book Life After Google, which again seems unimaginable. We can't have life after Google. Uh, I think uh, most of us have a, 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 some sort of Google account. It's, it's very hard to avoid. And if you don't have a Google account, you almost certainly are a user in some Google-owned property. And they have become this sort of monolith. And what George Gilder talks about very, very much in his book is uh, the technology called blockchain, which is really built with security at the heart of it. Uh, To be honest, the computers and code we use now was never really built with your security in mind. They'll let you know they, hey, we did some stuff on this end, but you're kind of on your own. The other book I wanted to mention, the third book, was from a different author, and forgive me for not having the name there. Uh, The book is called The Naked Corporation, which Again, it's sort of uh, eye-catching. The subtitle of the book is How the Age of Transparency Will Revolutionize Business. And the book is all about the information age and functioning in the information age. And we've all faced so many challenges and new technologies and new websites and have adopted new behaviors for interacting on Google, on Facebook, on Twitter we've developed our profiles and uh, I couldn't even count how many different usernames and passwords I have set up for different.
0: Because that's why you don't remember any of them. Right. right. You know?
2: Right. I've, I've, I've like one secret place where I write them all down. (laughs) So that
0: close to your vest.
2: (laughs) oh, Oh, top secret, top secret location. I keep it, uh, secured in the underground bunker on the, uh, uh, East compound of the Andes philosophy corner, uh, mansion. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes, um, it's right next to the big, uh, garage of, uh, stretch limousines that I keep for entertaining all my international philosophy, friends and colleagues. (laughs) So, uh, Rand, what would you say are two or three of the biggest things that have changed for you about what you, Information you provide or information you receive, uh, communications over the internet. Did you have a, a, a MySpace account when that was a thing?
0: I did. I did. I canceled that. Um, I had a Facebook account, canceled that. Mm. Uh, still have a Twitter account. I think we talked mm-hmm. about this earlier. I do keep that. And as you had mentioned before, you know, how we seek information, or, you know, seeking information. And I look at how I seek information. And I I know that I'm constrained with my own mind, that I have certain views that I I think are, you know, in the realm of possibilities that are more likely to what I believe. And Mm -hmm. I am more adept to listen to those, read those, and read those things. But I don't stop there, Mm -hmm. you know, because... To say that everything that I think and I think I know could be untrue and to not challenge your own thoughts is a fault, right. I believe. So I take those things that I think I know and I go down and I read all the, right. the harshest comments on those particular uh-huh. you know, statements that they post, videos that they post. Because I want to get a more real, well-rounded view of what everybody's saying, so then I can well round my mind. Sure. And I don't. Are you the same way?
2: Well, yes. I I, uh, I am also uh, limited by my experiences and my upbringing, and I I think we all are in a very abstract way. We all live in. Different universes that only overlap uh, some of the time, I think. And now we're going to take a short break. We will be right back.
1: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw revoid void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and we're
2: back this is chief philosophical officer andy hoke on andy's philosophy corner brought to you by our team of professionals at the steel plaza podcast please feel free to give generously uh, it's not cheap, but it's not free to produce the show. So your attention is greatly appreciated, as are other forms of support. So our very special guest today, and this is exciting for me, um, a, a listener of the podcast has joined me today, and it is Ann. Ran, how's everything for you? Is your seat comfortable? Uh, did you want some more coffee or... or...
0: The producers have provided me uh, a nice environment, and I enjoy being here with you. And I'm actually excited about everything that we've talked about so far, mm-hmm. and all of the the foundations that you've placed. Uh, this is exciting. This is mm-hmm. it's what I think it is. Is it's it's leading to questions, and I think. Oh questioning things is one of the greatest things we can do
2: right right. So um, yeah, um, uh, um uh, for the listeners, we were able to uh, fly in Rayanne, and uh, I hope everything with your suite is okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, <right>. okay. <laughs>
2: Okay. No,
0: it was great. Everything was great. Because
2: there was this one time where we ordered uh, filet mignon and they delivered T-bones to our – it was – Oh, was, I made
0: a complete fuss. It, it was, was humiliating And it was us. well done and That's... I don't like that, you know. So I had a had a call in. I complained. It was on a group – it was a group thread. Oh, I was God. like An-, – and Andy heard from me too and I'll oh, tell you what, it was bad. It was real bad. It was awful. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. Right,
2: right. So um, – Picking up from where we left off, you were talking about um, seeing a headline perhaps and going a little deeper and seeing what other people have to say about that and how do we know what we know, which is uh, epistemology, which falls squarely under the branch of philosophy. You had mentioned in particular uh, Facebook, and I'm going to share... Uh, something about a recent Facebook experience of mine.
0: Oh, I'm excited.
2: (laughs) Okay, so in my opinion, Facebook as well as Google and Twitter, they've been bad and they know what they did and I can no longer lend my good name to their platforms. So I I did have to log in because there's one or two people I still communicate with on Facebook and I don't feel as... uh, as bad about it because it's my activity on Facebook is so limited so anyway 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 I go in to my Facebook profile and surprise surprise they tell me my account was restricted and I'm just reading off the screenshots I took a post from the last year didn't follow our standards you know so, Facebook standards, let's see if you can uh, use Facebook to buy and sell slaves in some countries. I'm not really that impressed with their standards. I agree. I'm not really that impressed with
0: Facebook Did they give standards. you a date and time of this?
2: Yes. Yes. Now, for one thing, the post itself was more than a year ago. It was in July of 2019. You know, it's it's April of 2021, so first of all, their own restriction is inaccurate. It was not opposed from within the last year, so that's wrong. It says you can't go live for 30 days, you can't advertise for 30 days, which I wasn't planning on doing either, so maybe i shouldn't share this but
0: this is really funny you have to i mean it's 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 really it's i guess some people would say it's in poor taste but well uh well i I think we all
2: have different tastes isn't that right Ray?
0: yes we all have different tastes some
2: people don't eat meat some people are vegan or vegetarian some
0: people are different than that apparently
2: some people like to eat other people
0: yeah I've heard
2: about Some that. people like to eat other people, and that's... I mean, so their voices aren't silenced, you know? They're not. Uh, so, okay, so the post is simply this. <clears throat> Jeffrey Dahmer sitting on the toilet. Okay. And it says here, Jeffrey Dahmer dumping his last boyfriend. So, so... While that's uh, not something everybody would post, and that's not something everybody would find uh, informative, you know, we're all informed a little bit differently. And um, apparently, uh, Facebook has decided that uh, my standards aren't quite as high as theirs or their community. So that's my little Facebook tale. So, uh,
0: are you still banned?
2: Well, yeah, I'm 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 still under a restriction. Um, as I said, I know plans It's been
0: over a year. You should be under none. Well, there, there's. It's almost as if there's
2: a lack of accountability. Almost as if Facebook isn't accountable to anyone, and the same could be said for Google, and for Twitter.
0: They're probably accountable to their shareholders and where their money's coming from. I probably agree with that. I think anybody would. Uh, but how are they restricting what they're restricting and how are they deciding? And who's deciding is also a question. Who's deciding that this, yes. this post is inappropriate, yet they allow other things okay. on Facebook and are not policed,
2: right, 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 right. It uh, and so that's all part of why there is new media. I can go on to Gab and post my picture of Jeffrey Dahmer on the toilet.
0: It's called freedom of speech.
2: <laughs> freedom of speech, exactly. It's uh, it's not the uh, it wasn't an afterthought when this country was founded. Uh, it's not the uh. It's, it's not the 12th Amendment, it's not the 7th, it's not the 3rd, it's the 1st. And when you really think about why anyone even came over here uh, from Europe, it was because it was the religious that were oppressed. They were refugees from a global theocracy. It was a global theocracy. The Church of England, the son of uh, the sun never set on the British Empire. And so it was discovered, hey, uh, there's real estate to the West, hence hence, (laughs) the folks who wanted to practice their different religions or for other reasons, uh, maybe got kicked out of England, you know, Mm. but that was, the the freedom of speech is not only important for the speaker, it's important, it's when you restrict it, it also impedes on the rights of the listener
0: wholeheartedly agree. I was thinking that as you were saying, I was like, this is for the listener as well as the speaker. Absolutely, Andy. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. And when you restrict that, you restrict the hearing. Does everybody need to see that Jeffrey Dahmer's on a toilet? No, no. But the freedom to do that and for another person to find that funny and have a moment of joy in their day or like just a a laughter that provides some sort of levity, you know, you don't know.
2: Right. It's – well, it's about freely communicating between each other. Is there a third party preventing us from communicating? Yes. Is there a gatekeeper between uh, our communications? And apparently so. Now, part of the reason I like spending time finding content creators on YouTube or on Odyssey and on BitChute in particular, there are many, many, many other websites that don't have these sorts of restrictions. Part of the reason it's useful is most of these people were YouTubers and maybe they still are, but many were, many were kicked off of YouTube. And if you want to find out who's getting kicked off of YouTube and why and for how long, you can't do better than going on BitChute and going on Odyssey. Oh, my friend so-and-so got a 30-day ban for saying this, or someone got demonetized, or someone's account was restricted, or someone's account was limited for this long, for this period of time. The new media, part of the reason for the rise, I should hold short on saying taking over, but the more I think about it, I think 10 years, 20 years in the future, no one's going to be watching CNN. I think Google and Twitter and Facebook will have been completely replaced. So, again, So,
0: so I, I also wanted to ask you, because you brought up... Uh, Odyssey and BitChute, why would you trust their name or your name with their business, their media business? Why, you know, what are, sorry, why would you go to them and put your name in their company mm-hmm. and post your beliefs? your statements, anything, why do you trust them over someone like Google or any kind of other avenue?
2: I think people, like companies and websites, I think you start, when you know nothing about a person or an organization, I think a modicum of of, of respect is sort of a starting point, almost like a credit score. Now, over time, as you... Uh, go through life and you meet many people, you I try to sort of have this approach. I I trust someone to a certain degree. And I've, I've told this before that well, if I get asked to lend money to somebody I haven't known very long, $20, let's say. Someone says, can you lend me $20 till next week? I love giving over that $20 because... I'm going to find out – for a low, low price, I'm going to find out pretty quickly how well I can trust that person. I see. I don't get the $20 back. Well, that's great. I'm no longer in doubt. I do get it back. Okay, their sort of credibility or their credit score with me goes up. And the same is true for corporations. Now, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and Google, I started each of those with a certain amount of respect. And they have done nothing but gone down uh, in worthy of my respect.
0: What now, was it specific- what was why it do I post at the other
2: places? Well, um, well, Facebook, as I mentioned, they just their atrocious behavior, what they permit. Um, let me also share uh, the account I uh, or the video I uh, said before we started the podcast about Twitter and where they stand ethically and morally. Some time ago, I not long ago, it was Twitter's 15th birthday. So there was a video that halfway through it, you get whiplash. It is such a twist. There's these different uh, folks some pleasant-looking folks in their mid to late 20s, if I had to guess. You know, all different uh, sexes, all different colors. Um, it was a very well-produced video, and it's splicing between all of them. Happy birthday, Twitter. Happy birthday. You're 15 years old. Congratulations, you're 15 years old. Uh, I remember when I was 15 years old. Twitter, how do you plan on celebrating your 15th birthday? I remember what I did on my 15th birthday. So this is
0: what the the video says. Right.
2: So this is the setup. So you're about 20, 30 seconds into the video. And you think it's going to be this nice praise of Twitter. What happens next is each of these five, six, seven individuals... They say that, um, you know, when they were 15 years old, somebody basically uh, was sexually abusing them and taking pictures of them and posting it on Twitter. Now, everything I've said up to this point is unfortunate, but it gets worse. It gets worse because each of these people, now in their 20s, have begged Twitter to remove these photos. Twitter won't remove them. So... Do I tweet anymore? No. No. I I won't associate my name with Twitter anymore. Uh, and there are things just as reprehensible you can say about Facebook and about Google and about YouTube with what they permit. So, so to answer your question, I wasn't avoiding your question, but why do I post to Odyssey and Bitchute? Well... I, uh, I I like to think I have the freedom to post online, and so that's sort of among my best option right now. Uh, I used to like the platform DLive, but they, too, have placed more and more restrictions on their users. Now...
0: But can I just ask a question? Okay, we, you, you don't... You're not arguing... You're, you want no restrictions, but you wish there were restrictions against these bad people that were on Twitter. Well, I. So, so I, where's, where's I that have, balance? I
2: would never say I want zero restrictions for a public forum. Okay. Now, for a private forum, uh, I don't have to set a policy for that, but, okay, like child sex trafficking, okay. If Not okay. Right. So, and our country has laws about that. Our country has laws about free speech. And if you take a look at information that's being banned, if you take a look at books that you can't buy or sell on Amazon, including Dr. Frickin' Seuss. So oh, yes. I don't know mm-hmm. when it's going to get the bad enough for some people. So we will be back in just a couple minutes. Um, I'm going to lead off a big list of news organizations who have been forced to print retractions, and why I don't think they're worthy of your trust. Thank you.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A whoo-hooer? A hand clapper a high-fiver? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGL prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
2: 18+. Hello listeners, welcome back to the 3rd and final segment of this installment of Andy's Philosophy Corner. I'm Chief Philosophical Officer Andy Hoke. This is brought to you by the Steel Plaza Podcast, and today we are joined with us, one of our regular listeners, Rayanne, and we are speaking about new media, the rise of new media and how new media may be taking over. I wanted to uh, quickly include one other aspect that, or a a more complete answer to what you had said before about uh, Odyssey, Uh, I'll just talk about them specifically. Something I love about Odyssey, Ran, is that just by watching content, you earn cryptocurrency. So uh, you earn cryptocurrency just by watching videos. It's their own cryptocurrency, which you can accumulate. You can turn into cash or you can turn into anything else. Now, it's, it's not going to be your full-time job. They don't pay you that much, but your attention is worth something. and You can give it away for free. You, you can, but instead what you could do is actually generate cryptocurrency for just doing something you're already doing, which is seeking out content that you like. And instead of just being subjected to ads, which you are the uh, product, you're not the customer when you're sitting there watching ads. And your attention is valuable, and these sites, uh, one way or another, do reward you for that. And I think that's, that's an amazing ad. Do,
0: do you find that builds your trust in them more than other avenues of regular social media
2: well yes i think it's
0: also. and why
2: well i think it's the new way that people are consuming content and it's 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 better it's better and versus when we were kids and only had a few stations and if you wanted to see a show you had better tune in at the right time you had better arrange your life around it (laughs) but things have improved so much imagine if you watched a tv station For several hours a day, and at the end of the month, you had 5 or $10 that you earned just by watching TV. That's kind of unthinkable, but that is what you get when you watch videos on Odyssey or on BitChute or on any number of other good platforms. And something I, I have to include here, since we're talking about the rise of new media, is... The decline of the old media. The decline of old media, as well as some other newer media types. And I'll tell you exactly what I mean. Now, if you're relying on a certain information source, if it's a station or if it's a website or if it's a a broadcast of any kind, really, that's presenting itself as news, something you can afford to be choosy about is avoiding sources of information that have been forced to print retractions so I'm gonna lead off read off a partial list of mostly well-known news sources that just within the past year have been forced forced to print retractions
0: which retractions meaning they posted something they wrote something that was later proved to be false
2: yes okay it was It was proved to be false in a court of law. And specifically under civil law in the United States, if somebody prints something false about you, it is considered libel. Uh, I forget what it's called when it's verbal. It's just verbal. There's libel and there's a... Anyway, it doesn't matter. But here, here, dear listeners, here is a partial list of information sources that have been forced to print retractions over the last year. The Atlantic, ABC, Bloomberg, Business Insider, CBS, CNN, The Daily Beast, The Daily Mail, Fox News, The Guardian, BuzzFeed, Huffington Post, The Journalist Inquirer, New York Daily News, New York Times, Politico, Raw Story, Salon, Slate, Snopes, The Washington Post, The Washington Times, Yahoo News, and Young Turks. And if I can, I'd like to read through that list once more before we end the podcast. If you are getting your information from any of those sources, you could do better, is part of the reason this subject is, is, is the focus of this. So
0: That means they didn't get their facts straight before they posted something and let others believe in a truth that wasn't true. And that's a problem.
2: Well, not only that, but the fact that a court forced them to print a retraction also means that someone found it. Someone shortly asked the Atlantic ABC, Bloomberg, Business Insider, CBS, CNN, etc, asked them to remove it because it was false. They refused. So that means that the uh, plaintiff then said, okay, well, I've asked you to correct or remove this false information. I've asked you to do it. You refuse to do it. Therefore, I'm going to involve the courts um, because of libel. When it's verbal, it's slander. So if you hear the words libel and slander, libel means it's something in print. Slander means it's something verbal. So, So not only did... Did they not get their job right before it went through an editor, before it got uh, published? Not only did they get it wrong, when it was brought to attention that they got it wrong, they refused to do anything about it, and it was only under the threat of the courts, uh, of a court order, that they eventually did that. So every single one of these organizations went through that same process. They published something false They were asked to bring it down. They did not, and it was only when a court case was brought and a verdict was rendered that they were forced to do this. Now, to me, that's not a good source of information, and you don't have to pay attention to those places anymore. It's an enormous Internet. It's an enormous Internet, and there are new content creators popping up every single day. So um, thank you for... uh, any sources surprise you on that list, Rayon?
0: I have to be honest, nothing surprised me, <laughs> which is sad, but in no way shape or form are we, you know, advertising for any kind of websites or any kind of social media or any kind of avenue. We're just saying that there are choices out there. Yes. And there is much more information that you could possibly know. And when you think something's wrong, you feel something's wrong. Figure something else out, because there are possibilities out there.
2: Yes, um, people have choice. People have so much choice, and I think it everyone is better off when you have more choices. After all, isn't that the difference between a a, a communist regime and a free market? Is you have choices. Right you know in the soviet union the old soviet union we saw pictures of people waiting in line to get bread bread to get food to get anything so so your choices are kind of limited if you want bread get to the end of the line and you might wait an hour you might wait hours and hours to get your bread and that's that's also kind of a a, a meme it says uh the difference between communism and capitalism, and it showed the top picture is a bread line, people standing in line, and the bottom picture was just a regular supermarket with dozens or hundreds of loaves of bread there lining up for you. You know, people lined up for the (laughs) bread under communism. The bread line's up for you under capitalism. And so think of it as the same way with information. Suppose there was only one grocery store And it was limited. Maybe it only sold two or three types of bread. But now, just across the street from that supermarket is a mall with a thousand different bread stores where you can get your bread. And maybe your old store was your favorite. Maybe you have lots of pleasant memories there. But sometimes it's moldy. Sometimes they're out. Sometimes the price is higher than you think it should be. Um, They don't have the varieties that you'd like. There's any number of reasons to... Go to a new uh, food market. And if you use that analogy of bread with information, I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, I like my own analogy. Boy, is that... <laughs> I'm sorry if I seem a little bit off today. I'm wearing a... Uh, this is my regular toga. This is a loaner. Uh, my regular toga is in the shop. So... Uh...
0: You get that from Zeus? Or... <laughs> I'm not sure.
2: No, no. It's one of these... It's real uh, nice. It's one of these off... Well, well, I mean, it's okay. It's a looner though, and you know, other people have been wearing it, and there's a couple cigarette burns in it and stuff. You know, it smells uh it smells a lot like horseradish for some reason. So, <laughs> so, I, um, I wanted to sort of try and start to bring this around and wrap it around because we only have so much time. I think you're, uh, um, uh, so, uh. Sobra and I've uh, 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 I've been very delighted to have you on the show Thank and you. I don't think I would be. A it's good, great uh, to be here. Good. Um, I wanted to really give you more of a chance to freeform comment on anything we've talked about or haven't talked about or any themes or uh...
0: I had you know a lot of thoughts and most of it has to do with the fact that we have choices. We have choices and developing our choices and develop our own truth Mm -hmm. so that we can live a good life and what we think is whole. And you can tell if your life is whole and if you're living a true life, if the people around you love you, you know, are accepting of you, you know, care about you and will listen to you. And if someone doesn't listen to you, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things, but you want, you want that confrontation a little bit, you know, you, you, you always want to keep developing yourself. And I think that's what I get from you. When I hear you, I'm like, there is, there are so many ways that I could develop myself. And in turn, I can develop, you know, help other people develop themselves around me, By not just sticking to the same four channels. Right. And that's what I get out of this episode that I am gung ho to go out and look and learn. And I think that's, I don't think I'm wrong here. I think you're saying go Uh out, listen, learn, use your senses, develop your truth, find out what you believe and carry on and use that with your strength and just be strong. And I feel like I've developed a greater strength just by being here with you, Andy. And I'm, I'm so glad to be here. And I think this is this is very enlightening. Very enlightening.
2: Okay, okay well, that's, uh, that's good. I uh, Something I, I, I say a lot uh, to myself, and I also told my child, is don't believe everything you hear. Yes. And always think for yourself. And that those things can be a little bit scary. Those things can be a little bit scary to not necessarily believe everything you're told. But I grew up, uh, being of German descent, you know, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, you kind of find out that things didn't go as well as possible in Germany in the 30s, you know. There's room for improvement, and that's I'm not going to get any more specific than that. But I wondered how could that have happened? How in the world could that have happened? Well, they were burning books, and they were making some parts of society subhuman. And my uh, my German instincts are telling me it's it, it's important for someone to have questions and not everybody believe things. And like George Carlin said, it's it's in your power to be cynical. It is a very, the, you are fine to question authority. And I don't want us to lose that instinct. And
0: but questioning in a respectful way, everything can be in a knowledgeable, respectful argument, whether or just, there doesn't have to be a massive confrontation or blow because nothing gets solved when there are two parties screaming at each other. You know, there's, there's just no way you have to find your way.
2: Uh, There is a, it reminds me of um, just free speech and discussion. Um, uh, I think the saying is, uh, what, uh, religion, Uh, is beliefs you cannot question. And, uh, you know, intellect is uh, questions for which you may never find answers. I like that. And so I think it's essential for us to be able to speak uh, with each other and ask questions. And I believe uh, you have a special message for us here as we have uh, just uh, one or two minutes left here.
0: Well, here, if you like what you hear we are part of the steel plaza network here on andy's philosophy corner where you can find this show as well as many others please consider donating to the show at www.paypal.me forward slash steel plaza podcast you can donate any way you would like and you don't even need to sign up for a paypal account
2: fantastic thank you Rayanne. um as uh, as I sort of mentioned before, and you've uh, really really driven the point home, you can support this podcast. You can support the darkest corners of the of the world music podcast. You can support your content creators, and to that point, it's worth pointing out that on many platforms, including YouTube, but some of the other uh, Odyssey and BitChute platforms, I noted. The podcasters, the broadcasters who have over time garnered trust in hundreds or thousands or maybe millions of people, uh, the number of subscribers, they donate. And these content providers, speaking truth to power, telling you information that you are never going to find on Facebook, you're never going to find on other platforms, on Twitter, these people earn a lot of money. They can't. Uh, Tim Pool was recently demonetized, but before he got demonetized, and you could see the numbers yourself, he would go live for a half hour, for an hour and a half, and make 5000 dollars. Which I don't. Uh, I agree with Tim Pool on some things. I don't on others. That's not the point. The point is that organically, the information age, the new news providers from a grassroots level are communicating directly with their content providers and they're able to financially get by with a $60 webcam. Something that they cannot that CNN cannot do with their billions. So think about that. What where's all that money going for CNN? Why is it so expensive for them to just tell you the truth when someone else can do it with a $60 Logitech webcam? What's wrong here? It's the information age. You don't need them. They aren't worthy of your support. So I really encourage folks to tune out, go exploring, check out the internet, go to Odyssey, go to BitChute. It may take a little while to find people that you like, but I guarantee you will find informa- useful, important information there. You will never, ever find out on platforms like YouTube, Google, Facebook, and Twitter. And with that, uh, I would just say thank you so much for your time. Please consider a a small donation or a large one um, and consider supporting this podcast. Uh, We thank you for your time. We are looking forward to the next podcast and submit your ideas for what an upcoming subject should be. Rayanne, thank
0: you so much. uh, You're welcome, but I promised to get your other toga back.
1: Oh, okay. And—
0: fix the burn hole cigarette burn holes in your last one
2: yeah, yeah well,
0: with we that we have it an agreement
2: it comes with the territory so thank you i greatly appreciate that take care everybody hope you enjoyed it
0: bye-bye
1: okay round two name something that's not boring
0: a laundry Ooh, a book club computer
1: solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino